This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. Name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible story in that, that passage of scripture where God is sent two angels, the Lord God, remember the Lord God and the two angels met with a lot, those three met with Abraham at his tent on their way to Sodom. And we saw that because God wanted God wanted Abraham to know what he was doing and to know the purpose he was working out. And a lot of times as we begin to look at this, it is important to see that God it allows you to see things going around, going on around you, going on around you in your culture, going on around you in the community that you live in. He allows you to see those things so that you can understand, so that you can know what's going on, so that when you get to a place where you have some influence over it, you will have the wisdom and insight to shine his light of truth, to shine his light of hope, to shine his light of grace onto the situation. And God, many times, allows our eyes to be open to the things that are going on around us so that we might be him in those situations, so that we might represent him, so that we might be ambassadors of peace in the situation that we're in. It says, so as we study this, we understand that Abraham was given an insight into what was about to take place before it ever happened. And the Lord God sent those two angels into the city, and they were going to just sleep in the open square. They were going to go there and sleep in the open square and allow the people of Sodom to do what they normally did, to act as they normally acted. And then the judgment of God was going to fall upon them because of who they were and what they do and how they acted. And when Lot saw them at the at the, he said, I'm going to take them into the house. I know who these people are. I've seen my uncle Abraham. I've seen him meet with them. I've seen them before. I know what's going on here. And what is going on here is these are angels from God. These are angels from God. And I'm going to take them into my house. First of all, I want to take them in just because they're a blessing. But second of all, he knew the people he was living among. He knew, he knew the type of people that he was dealing with on a regular basis. And, and he understood what was likely to happen if he does, didn't step in and intercede in the situation. But the truth is that his intercession into the situation was not going to change the hearts and the minds and the people that he was dealing with on a regular basis in the, in the town. It says, so Lot went out to them through the doorway. In order to notice they, in, in verse 5, they surrounded the house, all the men of the town, surrounded the house. It says they came from every quarter, meaning everywhere in town they came and they surrounded the house and they said, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally, which means they may might know them intimately. What they were wanting to do is they were wanting to have sexual relations with them. That's exactly what was going on. So Lot, 
he goes out the front door and shuts the door behind him. And he says this, he says, please, my brethren, notice he says, do not do so wickedly. Now, oftentimes when you, when you deal with this passage with the world, they'll tell you all that was going on there was they were not being hospitable to guests. That is not what's happening here. Why would Lot say, please, brethren, do not do so wickedly if that was going to happen? And what he's about to say next is even more shocking, is even more shocking and more revelatory as to what the purpose of the people of the town was. More, more importantly, not the people, but the men of the town. He says, uh, see, I, he says, please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. And that word for wickedness is the most base and most direct word for active sin and darkness. He says, please, he says, so see now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Now, I, I have two daughters. I, I raised two, two daughters. And I would never have stepped outside to my neighbors and said, um, look, don't act wickedly. I'm going to give you my two daughters who've not known a man. Why would I even mention that? And why would I even say that if the purpose for the mob was to, to be hospitable to them? and to give them hospitality. That, that was not the purpose. If the purpose of them, of the, of the mob, was to kill them because they were foreigners, why would I offer my daughters who had not known men to them if the reason God was judging this town was because of their lack of hospitality and how they treated foreigners? First of all, why did Lot get to stay there? Because he wasn't from the town. Second of all, why would Lot offer his daughters for relations with the men of the town if their goal was to kill foreigners who came into the town? That just doesn't make any sense. And by the way, just a little statement for our modern day times, especially in America, that's the reason you arm yourself and, and so that you can protect yourself in situations like this. He says, see, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. And the leaders of the town, the government of the town, the people of the town are wanting to have the two men who've come into town and he offers them his daughters. OK, we know what's going on here. It's not hard to figure it out. Now, the enemy will tell you uh, what's happening, will tell you a lie about what's happening. That's not uncommon for the enemy to do. But we don't listen to the enemy. We don't listen to the enemy and what the enemy says the word of God is. The word of God speaks quite clearly for itself. It's not a mist. Most of what uh, you read is not a mystery. There's some depth to it. The Holy Spirit has to reveal things to you. It has to be shown to you so that you can understand in the full wisdom of God. But this is not one of those passages where you've got to uh, you've got to dig down deep to try to figure something out. The only reason you dig down deep in this passage to figure whatever out you want to figure out. The only reason you'd have to dig down deep in it is because you were looking for something that wasn't there rather than looking for what is obviously there. He says, see, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you and you may do with them as you wish. Wow. Wow, Lot. Wow. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? The only reason you would do that is you're trying to protect the people of this town from God's judgment. And you know what? Sometimes we want to do that. Sometimes we want to we want to protect the people around us from the judgment of God. And the truth is that's not our, that's not our business is to protect them. Our business is to be salt and light to them, to be grace to them, to tell them the truth, to give them hope, to give them a direction 
But our job is not to keep God from dealing with people where they're at and who they're at. I'm not stepping in between God and God's dealing with people. I am, I'm a herald. I'm one who points to the truth and points to what God says and then allow other people to deal with God on their own terms, to meet with him and to choose either his truth or to choose to reject his truth on their own terms, how they say things and how they are going to do things. It's not my to stand in front of them and it's sure not my job to do something wicked to protect some somebody who's wicked. It's, that's not my, that's not why I'm here and it's not why believers are in the world. He says, he says, you can do with them as you wish, only do nothing to these men since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. Meaning, don't do anything to them because they're under the protect under my protection. Don't do anything. Now, the men of Sodom had a reason to, to fear Lot. Lot's uncle is the one who saved all of them from the kings of the north. So Lot is Lot is someone that they wouldn't want to uh, kill because the only reason that Abraham went and chased down the kings of the north who had attacked the four kings of the south to include the king of Sodom and Gomorrah. The only reason that he went to catch them is because they'd taken Lot, his nephew, into captivity. If they kill Lot uh, for some reason like this, they have reason to fear. Abraham might come down with, uh, he's probably got more than 330 men now. He's probably got 500 men. And, and he proved that he could destroy a five-king army with 330 men, I dare say that he would wipe Sodom out uh, pretty quickly with his men. And so they have a reason to fear him, but they're not fearful of him. And the reason they're not fearful of him is because they're intensely wicked. And the reason they're intensely wicked is because they've given on over to their carnal desires, their fleshly desires, and they are serving them with reckless abandon. And anytime you're dealing with a group of people that are in this situation, anytime when you're dealing with a group of people that have just given over completely to, to wickedness. There's not a whole lot you can do about changing their mind. We spoke about we spoke about those who promote the killing of the unborn a couple of weeks ago. It's it's, it's you're not going to change uh, a lot of the ones who were in the leadership of those movements. You're not going to change their mind. You're not going to change their mind by telling them that the whole reason for that procedure and had come about was was to kill people of other races and to uh, slow the growth or even wipe out those other races. Not going to change their mind about that. Not going to change your mind if the, you tell them that it, of all the institutional racism that exists in this country, that that uh, abortion is the most racist thing we do, killing almost half of the uh, African-American babies in this country in the womb. Uh, the most dangerous place for a black child to be is in its mother's womb in the United States of America. And uh, you're not going to you're not going to change their mind because they're making billions of dollars, billions and trillions of dollars off of the killing of the unborn. And, and they're going to promote it and they're going to promote their industry. The same is true as far as homosexuality, which is what's being dealt with in this passage. There is a industry out there to promote people indulging in themselves in every way sexually. There's a huge industry out there and there's a lot of money to be made. You're not going to change people's mind about that in the sense of having these big giant campaigns. All we can be is salt and light and truth to the individual. Love the individual. You're not going to fix the whole overall institutions that are promoting these things. And the depravity that we're facing today is just a scratch of the surface. Because I promise you, by the time I'm an old man, they will be not only pushing all sorts of depravity, pushing 
men being women and women being men. They're not going to not only going to be pushing that, but they're going to be pushing. They're going to be pushing adults having relations with children. They already are. They're already normalizing that. And the amount of depravity that we're seeing in our country and throughout the world is just only going to increase. It's not going to decrease. That doesn't mean that it's hopeless. That just means that we need to be salt light to those around us and love those around us and give grace to those around us and give truth to those around us. Don't give into it. Don't say that something that is evil is good. Woe to he who calls good evil and evil good. That We're just not going to do that. And uh, I'm not ever going to do that as a pastor, and I'm not ever going to do that as a church. And I'm not standing sitting here saying that I'm a, I am a perfect man because I'm not. And nobody who who is a follower of Jesus Christ is sinless. And we are all depraved, and we all come from a depraved heart and a depraved mind. But we do know the truth, and we try to walk in the truth. And uh, we do know the truth, and we want others to know the truth. And notice, he says, and they said, stand back. Notice the people in verse nine say this stand back. They, then they said, this one came in to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge, meaning meaning Lot is a foreigner too. And uh, he's acting a, as a judge to us. He noticed they, they're not going to have uh, being told the truth here. They're not going to be have be, being, being given anything less than what their depraved heart desires. And it says, now we will deal worse with you than with them. What they're saying is we're going to have them and then we're going to deal with you also. And he says, but they, and by the way, they have reason to fear a lot. They have reason to fear a lot. They don't have any fear and reckless abandon into sin has no fear. It just dives in as far as it can. He says, now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man lot and came near to break down the door meaning they pushed in, they were going to have their way and have their will. But they're dealing with not two men inside, they're dealing with the angelic host inside. They're dealing with the, they're dealing with what is most likely archangels inside. They're dealing with what is most likely two of the most powerful beings that have ever existed in the universe, the uh, two archangels. And if they're not archangels, they're definitely high-ranking angels because they appear as men and they are powerful. And uh, he says, so they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. Who did that? The angels did. The angels are always in the business of protecting God's people. And that's the thing you need to see here of the most importance. We can speak the truth. We can tell what is the truth to the, to, to the world we live in. We can speak truth to power. We can speak truth to the world that we're dealing with. We can do all those things and we can be truth to them because you know why? Because we're under the protection of the authority of the King of the Kings, of King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the King of the universe, Jesus Christ. And when we do it in love and when we do it in grace and when we do it for the purpose of the very best for those around us, not in condemnation, we bring about God's protection. And when they're about to take Lot and push their way in, those two men reach out there and they snatch Lot from the problem and shut the door behind them. And you know how they shut the door behind them? Because those men are not going to be able to push that door open with those angels shutting the door. They're not going to be able to do it. Why? Because not angels are ministering spirits. In fact, the Bible asked that question in the New Testament. Aren't angels ministering spirits sent to minister unto the saints of God? We have the angelic host constantly on our side and in, our, and in battle with us. 
they are doing and working and bringing about the greatness of the kingdom of God in us. And they are spirit sent to minister, spirit sent to protect, spirit sent to walk with, spirit sent to provide power and purpose in our lives. And let me tell you something, they're doing it. They are regularly doing it. And so they protect Lot in this situation. It says they reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. But it says, and they noticed what they did. They not only saved Lot, but they struck the men who were in the doorway of the house with blindness. Notice that those men who were bent on doing evil, God gave them blindness. Now, this, this has not only a physical connotation, but it has a spiritual connotation. Yeah, those men have decided they're going to do what they want to do, and they know what the truth is, and they know who, the tr- who has the truth, and they knew Lot had the truth. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm.